are all weirdos. Weird science is the revolution. Weird science is the revolution. Weird science is the revolution. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Weird Science Marvel Comics Podcast, episode 363. As you hear a little bit of a new intro there. And yeah, everybody listening, I consider you one of our weirdos. A little shout out to you. You're now part of the Get Fresh crew. Boop, boop. And with that comes a lot of caveats. Uh, you get to listen to the show. That's one. I mean, who would want to pass that up, right? I mean, Spoilers. seriously. Oh, my God. Luke Hollywood. Also, you get to, you know, read the books and enjoy them and talk with us, especially if you go over to Twitter at WS Marvel Comics. Follow us. We'll follow you back 100%. Then you can really up the ante and go over to our Patreon. Help us out for what we do here on this feed. And maybe if you listen to our other shows, DC Comics, Manga, all that, you would want to help support us and go over to patreon.com slash weird science where you can get a ton of shows. One of the shows put out there for all you weirdos is the weekly Patreon exclusive spotlight. Two books picked by the badass level on the Patreon. And this week they ended up picking Hawkeye Kate Bishop number two. A little holdover from last week, but they also picked Devil's Reign number two, uh, one of the big books of the week. Now, there is another pretty big book me and Jason are going to be talking about this episode. And we're going to have uh, four books, I think. And not about. I, we do have four books. And we're going to be a little Kang-centric at the end. But we're going to start with a little Amazing Spider-Man, some Avengers. So we're still working some of the backload that we had last week. And that's not a sexy term that I just ended up saying. And we end up where we like the books. And I hope that everybody does find something to like. A lot of times kind of get lost in the shuffle of all the books and things kind of coming at us at every direction and things like that. I think this week, especially here at Marvel, I actually sat back and I did enjoy some things. And I will I'll thank Patrick Gleason for doing that for me. The first book I read this week was The Amazing Spider-Man, which me and Jason will start with. And it actually got me in a good mood. It set me on the right path. To go on now again, Kang the Conqueror, the end of the miniseries by Lansing and Kelly, kind of detoured that a little. But as you'll hear, Jason actually did really like that. So a lot of positivity here. I even like a bit of Jason Aaron's Avengers. Oh my goodness, who would have thunk it? But with all of that, again, go over to our Twitter at WS Marvel Comics. Go to our website WeirdScienceMarvelComics.com, and then it would be awesome if you could help. Us out for all these things at our Patreon, Weird Science. What, what am I saying? Patreon.com slash Weird Science. Yes, that's professional. I should edit that out. I don't think I will. And so with all of that, without further ado, let's go off to the podcast where Jason's going to join me. And we're going to kick it off with, as I said, the first book I read this week, Patrick Gleason's Amazing Spider-Man. All right. And I'm here with my man, Jason. What up, Jason? Hello, Jim. Hello, here we are. We have four books, two of which are from this week, two are carry over from last week, but big books all the same. But really, we have, all big books. Yeah, we have Timeless here, which is the, the big one that we're going to be talking about. But we also have Kang. That miniseries is wacky. You ended up doing a lot of work 
behind the scenes. I had one of those kind of crazy person walled with the red string. Oh, I'm sure yeah. you did because you had to, but also <laughs> Avengers, which is big. I mean, it ties into the Avengers Forever stuff and going with that. But we're going to start with, as we usually do, it seems the Amazing Spider-Man. And you end up having this. Yeah, very weekly, as Luke Hollywood would say. But I uh, disagree this week because this is a pretty darn good good issue. And it's weird because last issue, we were a little down on. You ended up having Salina Med doing that kind of horror tone, one shot feel deal. This feels like a one shot too, right? It feels like, but it feels like it fits in with the overall arc of the story. Also, I think that we might actually get some answers of something I asked about with the Spidey set. Absolutely. I, I have in my notes. They should have said this last week. Yeah. Once again, the Art Adams cover for this is awesome. Yeah, it is. This whole series, all these Art Adams covers have been like my cover of the week every week. They, 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 they have great. been. And it is pretty cool where you do <laughs> He's like, it's almost like a take of no more, but he's like, no, no, I'm going to do this. Oh, my God, I'm in trouble. Just, just give me, just give me a just second. Give me a second, which we have now. There's just there's one little nitpick that I have by the end that I will be questioning you on as we go. Uh-oh. But besides okay. that, I, I thought this was pretty good and goes against my whole deal. And you said it right. The idea that this feels like it fits. It doesn't feel just like an extraneous issue to fill a spot because it's a weekly book. This feels like something that is you know, right along with it, and a pretty big deal. Last week's book, that story did not have to happen to Spider-Man. That could have happened to any random character, but this is a Spider-Man story. Full out. So it is The Amazing Spider-Man number 83, written with art by Patrick Gleason. Really good colors by Moro Mori. I'm having problems reading. Hollowell and Nathan Fairbairn. Letters by VCs Chris Eliopoulos. And Joe Carmagna, which is an odd thing to have two letters, by the way. It just felt like, uh, you know, what was hmm. going on here. But with that, you have Patrick Gleason's art throughout, so it's really solid. Peter's Glenn Ben Riley is living the good life of Spider-Man. Is he? he uh, uh, we just did Devil's Reign on the spotlight. He ain't living no good life. He no. might be dead. <laughs> He's really. Uh, he has the backing of the Beyond Corporation to provide him with everything a friendly neighborhood Spider-Man could need including a swanky midtown apartment that he shares with his girlfriend, Janine. Meanwhile, Peter's luck has been steadily declining. Fresh from his coma, Peter's body has never been in worse shape, as his nonstop Spider-Man sense can attest. Barely able to sit up without intense pain, his last misadventure saw him at the mercy of a monstrous orderly until he was rescued by none other than his girlfriend, Mary Jane. Now Peter has to face what recovery looks like. Now with that, and spelling that out, all right, I can go with it. Did anybody tell the family members, like, by the way, your your family, they're dead underneath the hospital? And like, what happens to this hospital? And that's I mean, what this I'm is going to be in the news. Exactly. Shut down. I mean, who hired this guy? You said that maybe he wasn't even hired. Maybe he's just walking around. But still, I mean, the idea that people are showing up to get a skull so they can bury their loved one. It's all this, this pile of bones. And no mention either. They're in the sub-basement. So many sub-basements today. Yeah, really. And and so with that, I understand that Mary Jane and Peter aren't going to actually come up and say, hey, by the way, we were down there fighting. The, but somebody has to leave some hint. Like It's mentioned here in the recap page. That is the only part in the rest of this book we will ever see a hint that that ever happened. Business as usual here. And I, and I wouldn't trust anybody here, but we do end up having Peter 
who is trying to not go with the physical therapy to try to you know get himself back in a fighting shape. Are we gonna Are we gonna start with the uh, the Beyond? Oh yeah, there's actually there the Beyond deal with Janine. Get Janine. Every time I go to the credits page, I go with that. You have Janine, and she's showing that she has everything at the tip of her fingertips, but it still feels like a oh, prison. She sure does. Yeah. So with that, I thought that that was the play that we had all along. The idea of is this really freedom? She ends up getting freed from prison to go here, which is another, mm-hmm. you know, prison of not of her own making, but of Beyond's making and stuff like that. So I think that she might get a little antsy and, and start doing some things. But the art looks great, right? The whole it deal. does. I I think the geography. I'm a little confused where things are. Like we see a very small panel of a guard. I'm not sure where he is. I'm not sure where this exercise equipment is. It, it's a little little confused. But we you get know the her midtown swanky apartment, Lower East Side, the Beyond Tower, and that's the other thing that they never they never fully explain. But you see it because when Peter ever Peter when Ben comes back, he does go through. You know, that whole beyond thing, and then they come right in. So the idea that this might be a swanky apartment still in the beyond tower, it's not really that much freedom either, but she has the lights out. She's done, you know, gilded cage. Yeah, she doesn't have much going on and really doesn't have even been around most of the time. Um, But with that, then we go to Peter. Peter, who is not going, he doesn't want to do physical therapy. He's kind of being lazy. Everything hurts. He has the spidey he sense going like on. He looks like he's in rough shape in that first panel. Yeah, really. I mean, he looks that. But then he starts looking a little better, and that's kind of what I'm going to ask you by the end. But okay. you see that he's on some heavy dosage of painkiller and medicine because he has gone and sent messages to crazy people and has ordered things off of eBay. Uh, including a <laughs> Spidey suit. Uh, so you yeah, end up. He, ha- he has this. I guess she's a nurse, physical therapist, maybe both. And so she knows May Parker. Yep. And also she calls out Uncle Ben on him. She says, yeah. Your uncle taught you better than that's harsh to, to use a guy's dead uncle against him. I mean, My seriously. Gosh. And it must be a, a family friend from a while. So you get that. Like this lady is tough, but. You know, she knows what's what, and she knows how to push his buttons, I guess. But he still doesn't want to do physical therapy because you end up having that. The spidey sense is it's hurting him. It's really. And he says I, he tries because he passes out of points, he said. And then they end up having to do, you know, scans and things they can't find. And so he has to play it off. Uh, you know, he can't say, oh, it's my spidey sense and stuff. But that right. also goes <laughs> in the idea. Got to raise some red flags. They're trying to go with this whole, you know, the UFOs and the poisoning, the radioactive deal. But, you know, what is going on when you look at a, you know, spider-infused blood as well? But that's probably part of the reason why they were confused at a point. But he ends up having this whole deal where he, it's like migraines. It's pretty much, and it plays out really well. I like the nuclear explosion in his eye. When it happens, mm-hmm. I mean, this is a lot of pain, especially because it's Peter who can take a lot, but right now he can't. And so he's really, really hurting. And so with that, he kind of goes into a dreamscape at this one point. Now, he he gets some texts, and I thought it was interesting that he gets a text from MJ, which is nice. Gets a text from Aunt May, also, well, also nice. But so Aunt May has an actual photo in her little icon there in his texting software. MJ does not. I thought that was a little, so you little think suspicious that's there. A little I don't know. Sus? I, mean, I mean, your girlfriend, I think you have. <laughs> maybe he sees know. her. He's like, I see her enough. But she sends no, a maybe. picture, right? Also, you end up having 
black cat has left a note on the on the roof, right? And <laughs> yeah. I'm like, or on the on the window, I guess. This is really going to get. <laughs> is it, this is really going to get him in trouble if he doesn't get this off of there. MJ, now, comes I gotta in say, and, Felicia is really good at writing backwards because she had to write this on the outside of the window. I like watching you sleep, yep. and then big and then kisses. Marks. You know, watches and like, <laughs> all like, right, made yeah. Me laugh. yeah, it did make me laugh as well. What what is MJ going to think if, when she sees that? Now, now is he going to reach yes. outside and clean this off? Can, does the window even open? What, what do you know. think what happens do? then when, I mean, this hospital, <laughs> because it does seem like people have been in and out of this room. They would have seen, what do they think? This hospital lets things go. They just let everything out. <laughs> what? What? There's a stalker looking in? All right. That's fine. You know, at least there's not skulls in the sub-basement there. And <laughs> Could so, be worse. Yeah, really. So Peter ends up and he's going to try to kind of work through his whole problem here mm-hmm. in the mind kind of deal where, and I, it's really good, the idea where you see a spider legs coming out of his head and he's trying to get rid of this. What we're getting, it's kind of like he's battling his own spidey sense. Like he, it's not integrated with him anymore. He kind of wants to get rid of it. It's causing him a rough time. And we see this like physical manifestation of his spidey sense as this spider web thing that first bursts right out of his head it looks gross but really awesome yeah yeah it does and when it like comes out of like almost like a cocoon type deal and walks away and this does help him and again what does it really mean what's going on but it's cool because it is peter taking control back and it's cool that it's like it's spider webs but it's also kind of like nerve endings that that for Fit in with the idea of a, a sense. Yeah, it's really it cool. Really, the metaphor works. And he ends up well. saying, and that that's the whole deal. It's a metaphor, but it does show you him fighting against it in a really unique way that I thought was really cool. Uh, he ends up saying, and again, he's going to tell the people there, including the nurse, it, they were migraines, but I think I've worked my way through them. I think that I've been able to control these things. All right, I'm good. Hey, do we ever get a name for this nurse? I don't no, think I do. don't think you get a name. Kind of surprising. No, and and. The funny thing, though, is where she's like, okay, well, the migraines are done. She's all business. All right, physical therapy. Ah, uh, yeah, about that. Like, he still doesn't want to do it. He's like, <laughs> yeah, I'm up for it. Just not not today. Maybe yeah, soon. He's now. like, maybe, you know, yeah. he at, at first he's like, yeah, all right. She's like, okay, tomorrow. Eh, I don't know. But this is where but she gets, does give him his, his mail call. Yeah, does. Brings him his package. And that's why she's there. He thought he accidentally hit the, the buzzer and that she came. He gets the package. Here's a couple things that I have a problem with this issue, and yeah, I do like this issue. Yeah. First off, he gets I think I'm a, with you. Yeah, he gets a suit that he says was probably Scarlet Spider. He gets a web shooter, never tests it. That's the first mm-hmm, thing. That mm-hmm. why wouldn't you? To, even when he's there, he's gone out. He is. I'm going to go out as Spider Man. I think maybe this is because the it's been written by an artist who's not always a writer. Some of the transitions are like, how did that happen? Like he's inside the hospital room, and now he's outside. Drinking hot cocoa or maybe coffee. On he's top got of the suit building. on. He's got his hospital robe on over his suit. Yeah. So did he go out through a window? Did he just stroll out the front door? And this even looks like know. a tower. How did he get up there? Did he not use the, the web? Like it, the idea that he puts it not. on. And and also, Peter is a tech guy. He does say, "I'm gonna you know upgrade this." But what power source? It's probably a you know AAA battery because what this is is a no more radio shacks yeah on. really and, and so he looks at it and goes okay this looks good it looks like an old scarlet spider deal 
no, 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 this is not a real web. He would be able to see this, I think. Now, you could say he's off this game or whatnot, but this is big. And so with that also, mm-hmm. I want to know, what are they thinking at the hospital? I know that they're not going to check on them all the time. <laughs> But this is the most lax supervision place. I'm telling you, you don't want to go to this hospital. So he's out and about. As long as there's no pile of bones there, it's good enough. I'm telling you, at one point while this went on, I legitimately thought that maybe this was in the mind again because of what it's kind of a ridiculous scenario. I went back and forth a couple times Uh, trying to make sure it was really happening. Exactly. The only way that at the end I really, really thought, and this is what I was going to say at the end where you said he looked rough at the beginning. I went back like. Looks worse at the end. Yeah. He gets. How does he explain that? It, there's weird stuff here, but and we, I do oh, like and we did it. get we didn't mention there is some foreshadowing in that first Janine scene that Captain America's in town to dedicate a hospital for Which all these. Which is cool. Yeah. yeah. So he, Cap's in town. It, it, Peter wants to get it's a weird deal, and I, I wish it was more played out that he ended up like he says no physical therapy, but for him, this is the physical therapy. All right, I'm gonna get back up. Spider Man's back, let's keep it low level. I wish we would have had him at least do a little bit of physical therapy and then him say, like, okay, I feel a little better. Like, he just jumps. He just a a second ago got rid of his spidey sense to kind of go out and about. And then he's just right there. And he ends up trying to stop, you know, pretty low level. I mean, these two, a guy and a girl who are going to do some, you know, carjacking, get some things they don't drive stick, all this stuff from the stop. <laughs> that, and he that's says, he, that's, he made me laugh. Yeah, yeah. it's funny. I, and he even looks a little like Harley Quinn. Yeah. I have a friend who drives a Jeep and has a bumper sticker that says it's a millennial anti-theft device. It's stick shift. That I'm going to have to hit that for the comedy. Uh, <laughs> you end up where <laughs> Peter's like, okay, this looks like something I can handle. Let's get back in business. Spider-Man is back. You get that play here of everybody thinks, oh, that's that fake Spider-Man. That's that fake, but it, mm-hmm. but it isn't obviously. But he still ends up, he still has this robe on. From, you know what I mean? Like, why does he even yep. have that? Oh, and, and a question for you: We're seeing some some dialogue bubbles that say like security on route and some other things. Is that is there a speaker in the garage? I, is that some car radio? I guess I, I don't, don't know, know where that's coming from. Because you, you want to show that the police – but yeah, I don't right. know. It's information that they want us to know, but yeah, I don't know where it's happening in the scene. I'm telling you, it's, this issue ends up being very charming and, and looks great and makes sense. But there is some wonkiness at, at points. There's so. a couple little rough spots that could have been still like over. it. But you end up where he goes to use the webbing, and oh no, it says "Go webs, go!" Oh yeah, he's like, "Oh man, it's a fake." I'm like, "You didn't try it out, and you oh, looked yeah." At I think it. what's what's happening there. Yeah, he's not saying that. I think no, that's, that's like a web shooter an audio chip. Yeah, that's web what shooter. it is. That's it's the web shooter. Well, okay, yeah. yeah, it's it's a toy. And how did he not know that? <laughs> I mean, even the idea that he, he didn't notice, test it, yeah. but he's Peter Parker. And so they play it off, I think, where he's like, oh, this was a Scarlet Spider thing. The and reason it happened is because that uh, he wanted to have this scene. Yeah, yeah. You have the joke. I keep wanting to say the wrong wrong Patrick. This is Patrick Gleason. Gleason. Yes, I no. keep wanting to say Patrick Zurcher. Yeah, it's no, not Patrick no, it's Zurcher. Patrick Gleason. It's not Patrick. Patrick Gleason, awesome art. And so. He ends up getting hit by this this Jeep and is getting the crap kicked out of him. I mean, he's really getting <laughs> the crap kicked out of him. the robe right off. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, the robe like... goes off. He ends up and he's just, he's getting the crap kicked out by these two just, you know, young toughs. 
The one does yeah, have a gun, nobody. This is like like their very first carjacking yeah, machine. Yeah, really. They're new at this. And so while they're doing they have guns. They have the guns drawn. And out of nowhere, somebody shows up. And you end up having the, you know, hint right before you see him. Oh, this looks like a pretty heroic guy. It's Cap. Cap shows up. Pretty cool. And mm-hmm, sure. Spidey's going to get shot. Peter's going to get shot because the guy freaks out. You end up having, you know, people getting hit, guns going off. And the bullet is going to hit him right in the eye. And Cap throws the shield to deflect the bullet, but Peter does not because he's not there. He doesn't have the Spidey sense going. Right, he's, he's turned off his Spidey yeah, sense. and he gets hit by the shield. I thought he got shot <laughs> and hit by the shield. And then I like where Cap's like, oh my god, you usually duck. Okay, that, that's usually, a really that a cool funny, line. That was funny. That's nice, yeah. He's passed out. Now, we will get of the mine and some really nice things and things that Peter's going to remember and as I, a I kid. think his web shooter also makes a an electronic whip sound yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of so with that, where do you go from here? That now a Peter Parker who is beat to crap and knocked out. Mm-hmm. Does is it just the pull of Cap that he takes him back to the hospital and knows where he was and gets him back in the bed and nobody seems to notice yet they do work very with unclear him because you have him. Yeah, bandaged. like what happens? Does he get bandaged? Does before? Cap go back in through the window? I, and, does and, Cap just walk in? Oh, I I I found your one of your patients yeah. outside. Does, does Cap know that Peter Parker Spider Man? I no, I don't think so. And so with that, you end up where how would he, he does know where now? Of course, oh, he yeah. must have taken his mask yeah, off really, before he to went. Find out. He's not going to bring him back into the hospital. I brought you Spider Man. Yeah, and so with all that as well. Like, did Cap stitch him up and stuff? Because that lady who is, we pretty much spell out with the Uncle Ben, a family friend, she's going to come in. How the hell could he get that beat up when he's bedridden? And well, how is he going <laughs> to explain more, this? Another orderly thing? Did we have another killer orderly? Like, oh, here we go. What, were you in basement uh, minus three? But with that, you get a really nice scene where he's of the mine and trying to figure out, you know, how he can put everything back together. This is after he just got clinged on the head by a vibranium shield. Concussion protocol visions here is what he's having, (laughs) you know, and so and it's really it is really cool because it mixes actual memories. With some of this symbolism and like philosophical, and I really like mental it. Freudian. So I thought right away, I'm like, oh, what is he smoking? He's there. He's got a thermometer, <laughs> and and you do even have the idea earlier that was mentioned. You should have saw when I had the flu. So we get to see this. This was the flu that he got when Uncle Ben grabbed him and made him go back. This and is turn also that a gun call and- back to the very first issue of the whole Beyond situation. Where they talk about when he stole a pack of gum from a store. So we go back to that. Mr. That's, Louise. That's how he got the, you know, he got a cold because they ended up having to go back. It was cold. He caught a cold. And you have Uncle Ben being able to tell him more stuff, which is nice. It's not just the, you know, with great responsibility, all that stuff. It's more of doing the things you have to do. Sometimes people have to do things. Somebody has to step up, be a hero. It might hurt. It might cost you something, but to be a hero, that's what we do. And he kind of pulls it into his wartime thing. It's really nice. And you end up having this young Yeah, Peter. it gets – he's kind of – We, I guess earlier we had a kind of tough lesson, Uncle Ben, and now we have the, you know, more positive, yeah. you're a good guy, Uncle Ben. And it's fun because in the mind, he's playing also with a cap. You know, you end up Uncle Ben's there, and he's got this cap, all the kind of ties mm-hmm. and what's going mm-hmm. on. But you end up having that symbolism of, okay, I get it. 
I got to be the real Spider-Man. I can't just and we get see rid of things. before this. We we see the again that personified Spidey sense trying to come in the window, and little Peter say, "I don't know, don't want this. Stay out." And then after after the talk with Uncle Ben, now he invites his his power back in, and boom, it hits. And then he wakes up and he's in the hospital bed and he ends up hitting the, you know, the thing to get the nurse there. But I'm wondering who did, uh, who stitched him up? His eyes, he's got bandages. There's got to be some questions. Now, is that the, you guess that he is. I was going to say, maybe he's not actually in that hospital, but he is. You see all the things. But like you said. He's got a band around his chin like he's he's Jacob Marley. Yeah, really. And, and that was the, the and Again, that's kind of a the funny theme. deal. It is a funny deal with that. Again, I went back and I'm like, yeah, yeah, he definitely took all those shots. That was not of the mind, and he is beat up. But I did like this. I did Between like it. the actual damage to him and the foreshadowing of Cap and the Janine scene, it doesn't really make sense. That's why I thought it was of the mind because yeah. how did he get out there? How did he get back? But it must have really happened. Yeah, there you go. He said, but I liked it. I, I mean, overall, oh, I can same. go with the idea of. Things that's the thing. Just because things don't make sense doesn't mean that it's a, a total bust, right? Because I like what you get here. I Indeed. like him fighting back. You see that the physical therapy is gonna be a little different for a Peter Parker Spider Man. Some of it's of the mind, of him being able to accept this pain of the Spidey sense going off and being crazy because he is hurt. We talked about this before when this whole Beyond stuff started. Is the Spidey sense going to just keep continuously going because he has, you know, the sickness and things like that? And obviously it has been at points and he can't take it, but he's going to take it now. And he thought of a thing with Uncle Ben doing it. So that's a really cool callback. And I, I like the sassy nurse, too, though. I think she should ask some questions when she comes back about this whole hospital. But uh, what would you give it? Well, I'm at a, a 8.3 is what okay. I came down I'm at an 8.5. I would have been higher. Yeah, just those little rough bits like where, how did he get out there? How did he get back? That was enough to bring me down just a, just a tiny bit. It's a, a very fun book. A little, a little bit you can tell it's not, uh, somebody who's a, a professional Always writer. writing, but the art, you can tell he's a professional artist. I mean, it is good. Yeah, even that, even that last panel when he's pushing the call button, he's making the, the spidey hand gesture. Yeah, it's awesome. It's, it looks great. Yeah. And, and if you are there and you read some DC stuff, uh, young Peter, you could just see him just slipping right into those super sons. Like it would be Peter, John, and oh, Damien oh because it really has that feel <laughs> when he's little there. And I'm like, could you? The, just, the amalgam super sons. Yeah, That'd be great. Thinking of like, how can we make this work? Because, but a young Peter doesn't make much sense <laughs> with them. But hey, <laughs> let, let's all. make it make it, sense, right? You'd have to do a Mayday uh, Parker looks, thing. Yeah, yeah or really. Like it looks that. so cool, though. The way that that all looked, but yeah, I I really did like it. But we're gonna move on to the next book, which is Avengers Fifty One, a book that came out last week, and this does tie into the whole Avengers Forever stuff. It it, it starts tying up a bunch of things, or at least mentioning some things with Jason Aaron, which he does. He ends up throwing these things out. I expected, uh, I'll tell you right now, I expected to hate this because I haven't been liking hmm. Jason Aaron's Avengers. I don't hate this. It's it's all right. It, it doesn't feel as important as the Avengers Forever. No. Book. Yeah, but it's it's weird that the Avengers book being the side story to what's really happening, it's it's odd. Like this whole book, we have a little bit of a prelude, and then it's just a big fight scene. Yeah, it is. And that's all it is. I didn't hate it, though. And what I was going to say also is the idea where at DC right now, the continuity is all wonky. We have you know, our issues over there. But it shows me that maybe 
this should be kind of the deal where the Justice League book at DC, instead of having Bendis write it, maybe it would have been a good deal to have Joshua Williamson so he could tie some things in. Because it feels, at least with the Avengers book, and like you said, it doesn't feel as big as Avengers forever, but it still feels like it's connected, obviously. But it feels, you know, kind of somewhat important. I don't know. I, I actually didn't mind it, is all I'm saying. And we're going to get into this. It's Death Hunters Part 1. It is written by Jason Aaron, as you said, art by Juan Frigieri. It is colors by David Coriel and VCs Corey Petit on letters. Uh, and you have Echo became the new host of the Cosmic Phoenix Force and has been spending time with the Avengers. Thor has been struggling with the recent revelation that Phoenix Force may or may not be his true mother. That's a big thing. Me and you even talked about that last week. At the urging of the demon Mephisto, a group of multiversal masters of evil have formed comprised of the deadliest villains of their respective realities. The group has been ravaging entire worlds in their bid for power, posed by a group of reality-hopping Deathlocks. The Masters of Evil pursued the Deathlocks to their latest destination, Earth 616, home of the Avengers, and we start out in Asgard. And this will be pretty quick. Like you said, it, it's a big fight scene at one point, but at this, you end up having Thor, and he's pissed off. He's mad that he found he's out in a bad that you know, the, you know, the Phoenix Force, I think she's lying. I looked it up, but I can't get, you know, a hold of my real mother that I think Tony's there to basically say, yeah, family sucks. Right. I thought it was kind of a cool deal where you pull out and he's hitting destroyer armor instead of a heavy bag. I thought that that's like a Jason It looks Aaron thing. just like uh, Engine Hulk just punching that door and making dents in it, which now do they need to use as destroyer uh, armor? Knows? Is that going to buff out? You put a little, little Asgardian Bondo on there? I don't know. They're like, I can't get in this thing. <laughs> It'd be really funny, like five years from now, they use the destroyer armor again. There's just these dents in it that are never explained. That'd be a crazy callback, but this whole deal of he <laughs> and through this store is really up on Front Street that he doesn't like any Phoenix Force. It doesn't matter if no. you're Echo or whatever. Doesn't matter. Any flaming birds, he is not lying happy with. witches. They are, and so you end up where you know you have the steer where Echo's trying to get there. She she wants to talk to Thor about this. We have to work this out. Maybe we and she doesn't like the Phoenix Force either. She's against it already. You see a bunch of times, but Thor doesn't want to listen. He will not listen. And we end up seeing, you know, Dark Phoenix kind of rising in here because Sif is there to say, you're not coming through. Pretty much get off my bridge. The colors of the Rainbow Bridge seem to be kind of out of order. Yeah, they are weird in that. I mean, especially when you get that high up above. Yeah, it's really on. Like maybe yellow, purple, gray, red, another red, another red, and then blue. That's that is not Roy G. Biv. But yeah, it is a little off. It really is. Uh, It looks a little better when you end up having Sif frozen. That seems to be getting along there, but that that first one is way off. But you end up where. The Phoenix shows that, you know, you don't mess with her, but also the Phoenix can do things without Maya even wanting to do it or even know. And so that's a huge deal. Right, but there's, with going, that, there's going to be a fight between uh, Maya and Sif, but then that gets stopped because Dark Phoenix shows up and kind of freezes everybody except Phoenix. And we see this crazy, nasty Phoenix show up over the whole top of the mountain. Yep, here. and that's going to be... The rest of the issue is this fight And you're going to end up having a lot of people Talking trash and this is where I can tell Like you said It doesn't feel as big because you just have This Masters of Evil and it's a Dark Phoenix You have a, a Logan Berserker Hound they call, Killmonger uh, And eventually even Thor 
uh, shows up at the end. Now, this was a little confusing because if you remember, last time we had the Avengers 50, we left off with the Masters of Evil Mm -hmm. in the 616, but outside Avengers Mountain. Yeah, they're outside Avengers Mountain. Now this is on Asgard. It is a little wonky uh, the way that this goes. But you're introduced to these characters a bit. I mean, more Killmonger, it seems, than anybody. And then, obviously, the Phoenix deal. But even then, I'm like, why is the Phoenix like, I want more fire. Oh, I get it, because she has to go against Maya, and you have to have that back and forth with that. So Right. Need the color coders to come apart. So you end up with a big fight. Now, Tony, I I mean, is he as dense as his armor? At one point, he's like, I don't understand. Like, this doesn't seem like the Wolverine I know. Like, really? Like, you think that Killmonger's the one, you know? He even says when Killmonger's like, oh, they have a Thor here. Like, everything's pointing to this being out of the reality that they're in. And he's like, oh. It has to be spelled out a little yeah, bit. There, and yeah, and you end up where the Deathlocks come, and we've seen them. They come and warn everybody, oh, my God, there's trouble. It's a big week for Deathlocks. I know. Deathlocks, Deathlocks are, are coming place. up big. And you end up with a- so hot right like now. A, yeah, they are. They're, they're like Hansel. You end up where this big fight goes on just to show again. Thor's pissed at Phoenixes. He's going to beat him up. He doesn't care which, whatever. And then you have the Dark Phoenix deal really pop in from the uh, Masters of Evil and really cause some problems. Now, with that, you're going to have, you know, Phoenix against Phoenix. And you would think, oh, my God, Maya's in trouble. And I like the trash talk from the Masters of Evil Phoenix that says, you know, you're just somebody who mimics you know, things. You're just somebody who mimics the martial art. But we do see earlier, where we go back uh, days earlier, where she is training and she can mimic, you know, the deal, the, the martial arts and the fighting styles that she sees. But she's going beyond just the, you know, mortal combat of Earth. She is looking into things. And at one point, a big scene where she talks to T'Challa and says, I'm trying to figure out, you know, fighting styles. He thinks that she's looking to see who would come after her. As Phoenix, she says, you know, pull up up who could kill the Phoenix. I think this is also a wink, wink play to see who can so that as this goes on, we might get some because they do have, you know, some big, big deals. Right. I don't think Thanos is coming to join them. But you Thanos, we get Galactus. We get the Living Tribunal, the Beyonders and Owen Reese. So that's that's Molecule Man. Yep, Yep. And also Wanda, Odin, Thor. And, it, you know, yeah. you have some things. And like I said, I like this play where T'Challa ends up saying, oh, I get it. They'll probably come after you. You want to know how to fight back. And she's like, no, no, no. The big thing is, is the Phoenix. I'm going to fight the Phoenix eventually. This is what happens. I need to know how to kill it. So that is a big deal, especially when you're going Which against it. that works a, out maybe a little quicker than she expected. Yeah. She's not fighting her own Phoenix Force. She's fighting this alternate universe it's a dark cool Phoenix. play though i thought that that was a that's kind of like one of the reasons why i did like this as the deal with maya and seeing more of it you do always have to in an issue spell out too because at one point killmonger is in that destroyer armor that ends up being as guardian with wakanda tech you have the, and his mask goes down and, and you end up having maya go I think you're talking, but I can't hear you because you have your mask on. I'm like, really? At one point, you ended up having the dark fit. Like, do you, are you able to read beak? Because you have the phoenix that's full out bird, right? And you're, you're a big and again, bird watcher. She has right? cosmic phoenix powers. I know. That's why I wish you kind of, I, I understand that you don't want to be an enablist and this is the third, like, oh my, but you have cosmic powers and it's something that just gets thrown in anyway. Because I don't know how she's reading Beak. 
you, it should just I, I be through the phoenix. I guess the, the idea phoenix. is that she's new using these phoenix powers. She's kind of mostly just using them to beat people up. Yeah, there. yeah, yeah. She's not using the whole really cosmic version exactly of and also you can almost play that maybe the phoenix dark phoenix of the masters of evil this is something that would even reverberate in her mind as well i don't know but it just mm. felt weird just for her just to say because at points you know tony's saying stuff he isn't but you go with that and the big play here also is tony's like all right and it's it's maya Tony and Thor, Avengers, uh, and then Thor in the middle of the big battle has to go, whoa, whoa, whoa. She ain't an <laughs> Avenger. I, I wish that Tony, listen, <laughs> it's, time just, and place. it's yeah. just a saying. I, I'm trying to fire <laughs> myself up here, buddy. Like, I don't need you to stop and take a roll call. We're being uber hammered over the head that he does not want to play <laughs> with this Phoenix. Yeah, Phoenix, Thor say Phoenix bad. Yeah, gotcha. yeah. That, it's that simple. And I want Tony to go, I was just talking about me and you, buddy. Let's go. Like, and then winks at Maya. <laughs> wink, wink. But he's in his armor. She can't tell. Because she she obviously at that point, like I said, does not hear the Avengers assemble call because he's got his helmet down. It's just a weird play that he had to stop. But you're really getting it hammered. And okay, we're going to get going here. All of a sudden, you have that. And I like the ideas. Like, you have this deal. Okay, everybody. We have a good idea going here, but don't let the Deathlocks die. A little too <laughs> oh, late, Cap, too late. because they're, they're already dead. On they every just page. got destroyed. I mean, just destroyed, right? How many Deathlocks die this week? So many. So many dead Deathlocks. I just love the idea because then you get the Thor and, and all of these Masters of Evil. They're not of their own volition. You end up having them being controlled. And I like the way that this Dark well, Phoenix ends it's up just saying. A, right. It, it's, I think it's only the, the Wolverine who's under the control of the Dark Phoenix. I'm telling you, Thor is as well when, when he shows up. Right, and up now at young. the end, they get this other. Killmonger's his own deal. At, at first, I thought she was controlling our Thor. But no, it's, it's some other Thor because he has the little dinosaur kind of spikes on his legs and arms like wolverine did and he's got the the eyes that have like these silver triangles which is the and he looks like he might even have that you know classic what now is the thanos hammer with the stones and he's got something going on with that hammer it might just be on fire from within because of but she even says i i scarred them and took their souls you know with this where she's controlling this thor i do like even when they show up originally and i think it's killmonger's like oh cool they got a thor in this one like let's get to it this is what i like mm-hmm. and so that was pretty cool but at the end you have tony like cap are you there we're in trouble he's like so are we by the way don't let the deathlocks die oopsies <laughs> and they're all dead so and i think the issue looks really good it is just oh, a yeah, fight the scene well i don't know maybe it was because you know, Jason Aaron at the beginning, I'm like, here we go. And he does push that whole Phoenix deal. It's not my mom. I'm pissed, whatever. Uh, but a lot of people want that to be wiped out anyway. So maybe that's, you know, really showing the steps there. But yeah, it, it seems pretty clear that that's not going to be the final answer to the Jason Aaron run here. I kind of like the Maya stuff. I Again, Thor really, you know, really forced into your face, but we get it. But I do like that and having her in this. I don't know. I, I just didn't get angry. At some points when I'm reading Jason Aaron's Avengers, like, again, this is feeling like it's just a side book to Avengers Forever, but at least we're getting something. Usually you're way off the, the ranch in this, and I at least I get Tony it's, and Thor. So yeah, it's fine. I didn't mind it. But uh, what would you give it? Uh, this is a seven book. Yep, it's um, completely it is. Fine. It's completely seven. 
yeah, again, so we, we think the same deal, but it is just a, a flat seven. It's solid enough. It has some cool visuals. It's going, but like you said, it's not the big book even in its it own deal. It doesn't really move the story forward no, at all. No, no. We and, already and, knew that Thor doesn't like Phoenix. We already knew that there was going to be some kind of an attack, so we saw we saw the fight. Actually, we, we saw the first part of the fight because the fight's not even done yet. Yeah, maybe that's the thing. Maybe it's one of those where, because, again, I, I get mad sometimes reading the Avengers, and when you just kind of, let, let's lay low. I kind of like the Avengers forever a little more anyway, so mm-hmm. having that tie-in, it's fine with I, me. I did like here the, the Deathlocks trying to deliver a message. And the one that's speaking keeps getting killed, and then the next one kind of picks up the next sentence. That's kind of fun. Yeah, like and that. it's just right down the line. <laughs> Don't let the deadlocks die. I wanted to get back and like, what was that last thing? I didn't hear you. I, I think that we have some some sort of disturbance here. But we're going to move on to the next book, and this kind of it doesn't tie into the timeless book that we're going to end with, but kind of, I guess. I mean. Kang sort of kind of is so holy moly like Kang when you end up having a Kang miniseries then going into a one-shot Kang story mm-hmm. might be a little too much Kang for me and I said that I can only figure it must be because they knew he was going to be coming up in the MCU oh, yeah, and yeah, the TV yeah. and probably the movies and they just okay it's Kang time I think this Kang the Conqueror the mini was, okay, let's get a Kang book out there, the Loki thing's going, because this has been going on, obviously, four months, right? So you have that out, and then they sure. just end up, well, we're having a big, big story, but that's Kang as well to set that up, and like, oh, well, let's just do it, and go with it. I just figure it's it's different editors who don't talk to each other who both thought, oh, let's do Kang. I mean, really, for what I've seen, sales and also the, you know, kind of the reception, the timeless is a little bigger. Uh, than this, but we're going to continue. Like I said, Kang the Conqueror 5, it ends this. You did a lot of work here. That's why I'm going to rely on you. <laughs> I, I went back and I, I read the whole series front to back, and it, it, I think it works a lot better reading it all together. I, I'm telling you, if you can convince me that all this ends up being is Kang ends up realizing he shouldn't fall in love, but yet everything's the same, then, you know, because really after these issues, I'm like, I really don't care like kang's there all right i thought there was some cool stuff here i'll try to convince you yeah well it's written by jackson lansing and colin kelly art by carlos magnol espen gurdjern on colors and visas joe carmania on letters and you end up having an ancient egypt nathaniel found love with ravona a knight of conchu and together they rebelled against pharaoh ramatut another incarnation of kang nathaniel determined that the only way to protect ravana was to kill his future self again and take his place, but fighting and destroying Kang only gained him Ravana's scorn. He fled to the future to find yet another version of Ravana after being rejected again for his bloodlust. He stopped resisting his fate and became the cross time conqueror he was hated to be. But when he found a third version of Ravana, one he knew died tragically in his predecessor's timeline, he tried a new tactic, mercy. His mercy won him Ravana's love but allowed her to get the killer to take her life, cementing the cycle of violence. Young Nathaniel was so desperate to escape, and one act of defiance against Time Kang vowed to resurrect Ravona, even if it meant shattering all reality, and that's what it ends up being. I can't read. Uh, but yeah, through this, yeah, through a this. A little complicated, this yeah, story. Yeah, and so it gets a little more complicated to then kind of end, like I said, with, uh, okay, you can't fall in love. He ended up doing this. It was always planned all along. He's the conqueror. 
can't really conquer time, but he can twist it. Like all these things going fine. You end up with a lot of narration. And I said, even in the slack that when Kang comes, there are no narration boxes spared. You end up having it way (laughs) told. And I saw a review that ended up saying this was just a Wikipedia entry for the character with art. I kind of feel the same way. That I understand where that, that comes from. I think I think she does something a little more clever to make it all fit together, and I like some of the new things they add to the story. Well, you go with it. I'm letting you fully go with this. You're, oh, you're in charge here. You go with this. Tell me why I should like Kang the Conqueror number five. Here's what I thought was cool. So we, we start off in this Chronopolis, which is a place Kang's been to before. It's kind of outside of time. It's kind of one of his home bases. And what we see is that he takes this dead body of Ravana, and he sends her out infinitely into all the timelines. So this is why she's been popping up all over the place. Yeah. Because he took this and he seeded her all over. So that's why he saw her in you know the, the future, in the past, all over the place, in the space between the stars. That makes sense. And that does tie in, like you're saying, you're giving me that connective tissue of the other issues, but he's, he's he keeps failing to save her, right? Yeah. He keeps, he thought he saved her and he saved her from the the, the general, but he's managed to shoot her anyway because nobody frisked him. No, he had one job. So he figures, okay, now I'm going to have infinite chances. One of these times it's going to work out. So we see it it never works out. No. So one time she catches the plague and then <laughs> she's rejected again. He's like, oh, I don't know why I was a bride, but she doesn't like me. And then I'm not sure if this is a, a callback to something. Is the oh, She's the Overmind's greatest champion in the year 5323. And she gets killed by a scroll. I think that's probably a reference to something I don't know. I don't know either. I'm telling you, I think that that might be new. I think that a lot of these things are just, uh, I, I just, my favorite is that she falls in love with the older version. She likes the old guys. At the one point, he's like, right. oh, she fell oh, in love with my older version. That is, remember last issue, we saw something like this. We saw this guy and I said, he must be, he looks like he must be somebody. And it turns out he's Immortus, who is another, who was originally created as its own character, but then was merged in with Kang. And he's like an older, kind of mostly tame Kang, who instead of conquering, is protecting the timeline. And she likes him. And, and it yeah. just keeps going. You go down these things, and it ends up being that even throughout all the timeline, with over and over and over again, something always goes wrong. Either Either she dies, or she hates his guts. That's the two things that happen. Basically. And so she ends up where... You get this big battle then where she is pissed and she says, right. you overstepped your bounds. This is the year 7634, nothing to conquer but the great machine, which, again, feels kind of DC. Yeah, yeah, it does. And so you end up where she says, you shouldn't have done that. He's, oh, I, I did it because I love you and I wanted to at least find one of you that would right. love me back. And she's and so- eventually he realizes that, oh, this is another failed experiment. This one isn't going to work either. Time to just kill her off and like start over. But she manages to just explode. So she dies, but she kind of takes Chronopolis with her. So his whole laboratory setup is gone and he gets knocked back through time again and he realizes, okay, that didn't work. I can't kill myself. I can't. Yeah, he even Ravana. tries at one point. Yeah, he says, all I all I can do is go back and complete the loop. Yep. So we see him jump back to Doom's library. So we see that same th- scene, but now he's the other half of that scene. He's the older version meeting his younger version. Yes, and so that ties back into the beginning. And also the the one thing that I did like here. Now again, this is mm-hmm. the thing. 
when you end up and you read all of it, and like you said, this explains Ravana and all the timelines, right? So you get that. The thing that I get, though, is just because it's tying up its own book and its own deal, I still didn't like it in the individual issues reading it. But I did like showing Mm -hmm. that at the one point where young Nathaniel ends up thinking that, okay, I'm going to steal the equipment. I'm going to get the hell out of here. I'm going to doom pretty much Kang and go on. He knew this was going to happen and stowed away yes. his. That was actually pretty cool, and I did I like that. Too. Yeah, that was the. I think that's the best part of this entire series because we see that this Kang does remember being young Nathaniel, so he knows what's going to happen. So he gives himself a little escape hatch. Yep. Yeah, and again, has been begging young Nathaniel, "Don't fall in love. It doesn't work." And now we see. Before it felt like it was like okay. That was just a king. Things went wrong. He wants to teach us deal. But now we see it really, really was that Kang who mm-hmm. realized I, I, I tried every way. It just does not work. And so the stakes are up there. And I thought that was pretty cool as well as he ends up getting his own equipment, things like that. And going. here's what I thought was here's my favorite part of the issue. Here's what I thought took it from, okay, yeah, we complete the loop. We knew that was going to happen. Here's the twist I didn't see coming was, remember, he has tried to save Ravana over and over and over again. He thinks he's completely failed that. It's over. It's done. He's used up all his chances. So he goes back and he does what he did the first time, and he has to show young Nathaniel never loved, so he goes to slaughter this whole village. And we see that way back in issue one, young Nathaniel went back to the village and had the little happy Ewok village time, and he kind of received this blessing from the village elder. The elder was named, oh, what was her name? She had a particular I name. remember. And uh, the, elder, <laughs> the, the elder says, back then, I mark you for the beast you slew. I mark you for the life you saved. And after older Kang now kills the whole village, including her, he realizes that this elder was also Ravana. So he had one more chance. He didn't realize he had that one more chance until he already screwed it up again. Yeah, yeah. And, and, he and, and that's the thing. He just keeps screwing up. He keeps ending up, and that's where he says, you know, oh, my God, that was so funny. When he's there, he's like, it was Ravana. He's so upset, comes back. Nathaniel ends up stealing the stuff, goes off, and he's like, oh, you fucked it. That was the only deal. I have my stuff. And then he goes off to pretty much you know go and and stop all this we end up having the meteor coming down where we thought that this kang ended up dying anyway and he ends up sitting there and you get that destruction going on as he walks away like a badass ending is very confusing so he has the armor so he can leave but it looks almost like he's saying i completed the loop this is where the loop ends i should die here but then this this metron chair it looks like appears is that part of his armor i don't know I have no idea. Maybe it's something that, like, I don't know if there's Kang scholars out there that this would be like, oh, my God. But you have to explain it to people who aren't, especially in a series that we're trying to learn some of the stuff, right? Right. I don't know. You asked me. I said, I have no idea. I thought everything else kind of linked back together and hooked up and made sense. But I don't know what happens here at the end. No. But at the end, he's like, you know, don't ever love. And there he goes as he zips off in his chair to just be Kang. And then it says Kang's Adventure Through Time Continuum, and Timeless Number One. And I was hoping when I read that, oh, we're going to get the explanation of what happened, but we we don't. No, he's he's still Kang, but he's not really the same character. As yeah, we'll it's see. funny because you end up where this is all about Kang. Don't love, 
that Kang, he, he better keep it in his pants, that guy. And then we go to Timeless, <laughs> and it's basically like, I like a challenge. And you kind of like get the that disconnect. Yeah. yeah. But in this, even like when I'm no Caesar, I'm no Alexander, I don't weep. I keep, I'm going to go off and yeah, yeah, I'm walking away from not only just an explosion, but a cataclysmic event gets on that chair and zoops away. Uh, but by the end, like I said, individually reading these issues, I just, I never thought that this felt big or important. It felt a little bit too. You know, mm-hmm. narration heavy, exposition heavy, which I think that you kind of have to do with Kang and the you, stuff like you that. You do see all the research they did. You know, they 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 didn't leave any of that out, which I no. guess it, it makes sense that they wanted to make it. It's quite a, it's a it's a puzzle, right? It's making all the little crazy pieces of Kang's history fit together. Again, it reminds me a lot of the the Hawkman book, where yep. you have all this crazy history and it's kind of throughout time, and you want to try to make it work. And I I think they do a, a pretty good job of making it work. And I really liked the, how the older Kang knew more than the younger Kang thought he knew. Yeah. Yeah, that was a good twist at the end. Yeah, I liked that uh, the elder turned out to be Ravana. I thought that was effective. I didn't think we had any more twists coming. I thought, okay, well, they wrapped it up, but it was kind of kind of rote. I thought that one extra twist really put it over the top for him. Well, what did you give it then? I'm I'm at an 8.3. Holy Which I'm moly. guessing is slightly higher than what you're going to get. It is. Uh, I'm at a 5. I really, wow. I, I read this, I'm like, I really don't care. Even when you're saying, like I said, just because you tie up your own craziness in there, I never felt like I was involved in the story. I never felt like it, it was something that was ever fun. It felt like I was being taught a lesson, and the lesson was do not <laughs> no. read anything from Lansing and Kelly involved in Kang anymore. That's my lesson. And, and Kang himself, again, that when you end up coming out of the Loki deal, I... I think that you would have been better served of having, hey, let's have an adventure. Let's have some fun. And this is an adventure. It was not ever fun for me. It, and I don't even think it was supposed to be. It was the idea of Ravana and him learning his lesson, don't love. At the end, he's smarter than, you know, the average Kang. Mm-hmm. But it ends up being, you know, the loop sealed and, and going forward. I, I just, I the just arts, thought it I was, think, is it great. Was, art is fantastic. I thought it was more satisfying reading it all together and seeing the setup and the first issue the setup in the first issue and the the connection to that and the final issue, reading those kind of you know in the same day, I thought helped made it felt more satisfying. Here's the deal: I bite into a crap sandwich, right, and then I'm like, oh, what's this made of? And I take it, I'm like, oh, it's got crap, lettuce, and tomato. Still doesn't make me like the crap sandwich. I think this is a crap sandwich. I just think it's just one of those books that wasn't for me, and it just ended up Fair being enough. a slog to get through, though. We're going to go to the next book, which is a Kang book. It, it's a slower read. More uh, Kang. Really? More Kang, but I liked it. That's the thing. At one point, this book actually felt like, oh, here we go. And boom, it kicked in. And holy crap. Then I'm like, man, this is a roller coaster ride of emotions here. And it really got me excited to the point where I'm like, all right, when does number two come out? There is no oh. number two. No, like, oh, no, man. Because no. at the end, I'm like, oh, this is cool. I'm going to go. Unless this it, goes so well that they decide to do another one next year. I to think set they're up having this event that this sets up with, and they're going to end up where, you know, this stuff will play. Obviously, you end up having a peek into the future. You have a play. I think there's only two pages in this whole book that actually matter. That, and it's I think true, it's the, but yet the, I the still page like that's, it. Yeah, it's, they, what they do is they, they wanted to get these little hints out there. They had Jed McKay build a Kang story around it. 
And it's a fine story. I didn't think it had to be 42 pages. It did. I think it's a, I think it's a regular 20 page book. Throw in two more pages for the, the revelations and then call it a day. I thought it went on way longer than it had to. Here's what we go with the idea where it is that crazy deal. I'm a little kanged out, right? So you, you get this five issue miniseries. In my mind, that should have been a one shot as well. Maybe that should have been 40 some pages. I think you could, I, again, you went back and there's all these connections and stuff, and maybe that wouldn't have played out as well. But I think that from month to month, most of the stuff, I don't remember stuff, and everything was a slug. So you get it's a that. Hard, it's a hard book to read with a month in between issues, for sure. When you get to this, then, I think that I, I can't – I just gave a book a five. I'm not going to use that five to end up making it so that I'm upset at this book because I kind of – it's almost like uh, – and I've read them back to back, so I'm like, here we go, and now we're getting the other side. This, the, I, not really the softer side of Kang. But the other side of Kang here. This is the the simpler side of Kang. This is a very one dimensional. He's called Kang the Conqueror. He's and Kang. He, he likes to conquer. Yeah, That's he what likes he does. to conquer. And, and by the end, what it says I in the thought tin. to myself, well, I think this might serve way better than that convoluted story to show you don't love and that Kang gets it beyond it and whatnot, where this is like, okay, this is more. And it, it is a Jeb McKay story. So it feels like that as well. I didn't, I'm not a 10 out of 10, but I did like it a bit more. And at one point it did really pick up. I mean, when you have Kang's like, all right, there's time, there, there's this pirate timeline. It's coming to affect ours. It felt very dark multiverse-like. Yeah, in very the deal. wars. Yeah, yeah, stuff like that. And even the idea of this, well, usually these kind of diminish and decay, that felt real dark multiverse stuff at DC. But when he goes to fight what he says is going to be a doom boy i really started enjoying it yeah a bit of it is overdone there's a lot of things that you don't do you need to see the bc Kang going and fighting you know a woolly mammoth for page after page it looks great but i don't know that you need to have that to show he'll strip his armor just to show that he wants a challenge he goes in and actually i have to do the credits here which timeless number one written by jeb mckay art by kev walker greg land Jay Leiston, Mark Bagley, and Andrew Hennessy. A lot of artists. Again, a lot of artists. why do you have that many on something that's a big book like this? But Yeah, and it's not like we have all these different settings. No, it's not a ton that you need. That. I didn't get to pick up, oh, this artist is here, this artist is there. I didn't really see that so much. It, it plays out well. It looks great. But, yeah, do you need all those? And even with that, you had... You know, Joe Bennett was going to be on it until he, you know, exposed his hateful self. So he was off. You have all these deals going, but you have colors by Marty Garcia. Maybe that's it. Maybe he had already finished. They said, you got to go down and now you got to get a bunch of people to jump in so that it can come out on time. I don't uh, know. Maybe. Letters by VCs, Ariana Mayer. And it says the man called Kang the Conqueror has been a pharaoh, a villain, a warlord of the spaceways, and even on rare occasions, a hero. He traverses the past, the present, and the future. Kang is timeless. And we go into it and we end up being introduced to an author who is going to, in the future, the near future, write a book about how great Dr. Doom is. Doom is the best. <laughs> this pisses Kang off. Right. He's a he's a professor of supervillainology. Yeah, supervillainology. I didn't know you could specialize in that, but, you know, you could a major doctor. in that. He's got his PhD in it. Uh, so he's writing this stuff going and you end up, and even that, 
even feels a bit like like a uh, Marvel's type deal, but it, it's it's kind of a weird play. Mm-hmm, but he ends mm-hmm. up showing up, and I like this though. He shows up, like his hands behind his back, like he's you know, real, <laughs> and he's like, "Hey, you're writing this book. It's going to be real popular." It's like, "Oh my god, you know, yeah, thanks, so whatever." And he's like, "Yeah, yeah," but you say Doom's great. That's bull crap. I'm gonna, <laughs> and he even I like that this Doctor Petrov says, "Oh man, you're gonna kill me." He's like, "No, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna show you what's up." Right. I, I thought that was, was a, a cool showing how you know, he truly is. Kang is out of time that he shows up to give the book review before yeah. the book's been published. It's not even been written yet. He's like, this book sucks. We need to change that. He's like the worst spoiler ever. It, like, you don't even know a movie's in production and he's giving it a thumbs down. Holy crap. <laughs> His Yelp would be real popular, I think. But you end up where he's like, I'm going to take you. I'm going to show you who's really, you know, kick butt here. And they do go kind of the long way around. And it does end up being a little long in the tooth mm-hmm. at points because you we see get the woolly it, mammoth right? fight. It's it's neat that the, I really love really the neat. colors in the woolly mammoth fight. It's very dramatic. They're not realistic colors, but they really carry the emotion and and the yep, idea. The red that, behind him when he's angry, all that. Oh, like, yeah. You know, and really good. And the idea is that we learn that Kang just wants to challenge. He wants to show that he is the best at everything. He wants to be seen to be the best. He wants everyone to know that King is the best at everything. And you don't help King. If King looks like he's having trouble, that's, ah, oh, King is just pretending to have trouble because right, he you wants don't help him challenge. Out. Never help right. him out. And also the idea that even when King looks like he's helping people, he's not. It's all for King. He ends up where he kills this woolly right. mammoth and you end up having Petrov say, this is going to feed this village because you have this, you know, village around them. You end up having cavemen and women. He even has a mm-hmm. partner that he says challenges them intellectually. I'm thinking I don't get it. But, you know, he's playing 3D chess while she's playing rocks. I don't, I don't know. But you end up where <laughs> this isn't for the good of anybody. This is no. to show that he can for do Kang, things. Humanity and, exists only to observe how great Kang is. Yeah. And he loves That's- humanity, but he loves humanity again because he's the best. And so he needs that deal there but he's not Mm. for them and then even the idea of stepping aside so you know that kang has traveled everywhere time all that where they have a full page of talking about how great woolly mammoth is and i thought like really you're doing that because now i want woolly mammoth i i can't get it i'm (laughs) mad i do like in the background you see a lady doing the cave painting of kang killing the mammoth that is great of the mammoth it's awesome and and a lot of the details in this are really really cool again though I don't know why we need a page, page and a half to talk about how great Woolly Mammoth is, but you get it, and you end up where because of the it, time it shows what Kang is after, right? He he wants this this down primitive, you know, very basic urge just to conquer yeah. things. Yeah, yep, yeah, and and to so show you he's go the and, master. And so with this, with Petrov going around and stuff like that, he does keep mentioning like, oh, you know, this isn't the first time I met Kang. I met him a week ago, but yet we've spent an eternity together. If you go timelines, things like that. But here I am, and I'm following him and observing things. And you get Kang where throughout all of this, he is trying to convince Petrov. But he's not doing it in a way of, hey, buddy, I'm pretty cool, right? I think you're cool, too. Like, he's not buttering him up or anything. Not showing him full out. Like, full out, this is me. I'm the best. Everybody else is nonsense because I'm Kang. I conquer all. They do end up going back to his observation 
station, the Oracle base, where he is there. Because back back in the past, he gets this anomaly notice from his armor, I guess. And this is the only place in the whole issue I thought the art kind of fell off a little bit. Because we see Petrov say, oh, everyone's gone. Like, I guess all the tribe people disappeared. Yeah, we don't disappeared. We don't see yeah, that. Yeah, you don't really see, see it. You're right. As they blink out of existence, we see a pile of bones, kind of like the orderly was here. But we don't yeah, really, really know what happened. Did are, are these bones the people we just met? Are they other people? I don't Did know. The if people it's the blink idea out of existence. That it's when they go unclear. and do time anomaly is now it, it, like these are people who they might have. Maybe these are their bones. They died. You do end up seeing almost like a lightning type deal as they zip away i'm telling you i think that that big flash as mary jane's camera ended up destroying that orderly again so she saved the day <laughs> once again but you end up where they're back in this this anomaly let's check what it is you end up having the pythians that are a big thing of helpers for kang that end up being pretty much the the symbol of kang does not care about life and right. that these Pythians are there only they're, to serve him. Kind of Kang's version of Deathlocks. That they're they're disposable. They're there just to to do what he needs to have done. And now with this, this next page, biggest page, the the deal where he's going to go look and this anomaly affecting a timeline. They're going to go see what could be futures. What, but it is big Which things is, and things that are happening already. Right. Now it's confusing because we know that in the actual Marvel books these are going to happen. But is the idea that. The future Marvel storylines were caused by an anomaly. Yeah, it seems That's like odd. I thought. I thought that maybe what he's saying is these are the actual futures that the anomaly might wipe out, and that he ends Let's up see, saying like, saying? "Here's what's going on here, and we have to save this." Well, so he asked. He asked one of the Pythians, "Show me what's happening to the timeline." The Pythian says, "There's great chaos. Take a look at this. Get a load of this crap." And that's when we see all these flashes. Of these future Marvel timelines. And then but he says that these things are happening across various timelines, but some of these things should not happen. Others are moving in different directions than I had anticipated or steered them in. Whatever's creating this kernel distortion is interfering with causality. And so it's kind of a gray area. Again, like maybe he's saying that some of these are different. It's weird, but you do get stuff that are pretty big. Some things we've seen, some things we haven't. You ended up getting Doyle. Is killing his right. father, Dramamo. So, do we want to go through all of these? I mean, we can. You end up having sure. that, right? You get Doyle killing Dramamo. It looks like, right? Right. It says the Twilight Sword, and there's a couple Twilight Swords in Marvel. I guess is this the one from Krakoa? I guess the one that Maybe. split Krakoa into two pieces. I don't know how that's connected to Dormammu. But. Yeah, yeah, we'll have to see. But you end up having Ben Riley. That's just pretty quick. Right. He finds a new home, and we see him in front of the Hollywood sign, so we know that's where he's moving out. And we have a new book coming out with him as well, so that would make sense. You end up having Iron Fist, the new Iron Fist. So we'll right. be seeing that coming up. You get Orcus uh, with X-Men stuff. So this is going to tie into everything yeah. that they're saying. You see, the, the Orcus thing says... Further in the future, another reckoning leaves humanity with dominion over us. So Orcus is like the the human side fighting mm-hmm. against the the mutants taking over. So I don't know if we're going to see one of the future timelines like we saw Maybe. in the uh, the original Hoxpox event. Mm-hmm. I yeah. don't know. It seems we see the moon cracked in a great reckoning, which yep. is the Dan Slot uh, great reckoning of the reckoning the war. Fine, event. Fa- fantastic for reckoning right. war. We get the new Punisher with the hand. 
So that's right? there Which is, as again, well. Which again, weird. I, I'm curious to see how they get Frank Castle, who's all about killing the criminals, how he ends up being a leader of an evil ninja group. I but, mean, the, the okay. whole deal about it is they, you know, they wanted to change the symbol. I think they wanted to stop shooting guns right now because of the people who had ended up taking up the symbol. So I'm worried that that might be a little forced that direction. So we'll end up seeing that. But there's some things that I like, and we'll go back to the other side. You get Young Avengers with Kate and the rest of the Young Avengers there. That's pretty cool. Who's that that twisty Young Avenger up in the top of that panel? I don't, I don't know what's I have going no on idea. I, I, the whole idea, and I'm I'm looking at it right now to try to figure out what all these are, and I, I have I no idea. We people. might be getting yeah. new things, but we end up getting them forming because there's a new evil version of the Avengers that looks like you have like Taskmaster, Captain America, Batrock, the Leaper. Was the stolen name Avengers? I thought I thought maybe those would be Thunderbolts, but I guess not. Yeah, no, I think that because you have Titanium Man, Paladin, Batrock, the Leaper, and Captain America there as this whole deal of stealing a name. Okay. And I think that that might be that, especially with it looks like a Captain America that you end up having Taskmaster kind of going, hey, I'm Captain America. We end up having Iron God. Uh, that right, that's Iron Tony Man Stark stuff that's starting up Cosmic. already. And we have Winter Soldier and Captain America there, that that seems pretty intriguing of what is happening and what might right. be going it, it on. It looks like Winter Soldier just shot Captain America in the gut. And I don't know. And, and I don't know what that would tie in uh, and what's going to happen. Then you get what looks like maybe a spider woman and a, you know, is is that I don't know why I think that that storm freaking black uh, panther. But I, I just because it, it looks like and that maybe white a, a maybe Parker type, type yeah. and a lady black panther. I don't know if that's because in the MCU, the, the movies, maybe we're going to get a female black panther and it's going to tie in with that. Yeah. And, and, then, and it's weird, too. Then you get Jack of Hearts. And that has been a big deal that Jack of Hearts is back and that has been in all the solicits and stuff like that. Oh, okay. there. That says, you know, coming back and being a new. Then you have to go to the next page. And I wish that you had more of these because then you get the big deal that's going on in Thor. That vision that Thor had with Thanos having the, you know, infinity hammer is what I would call it there. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's pretty big. And then stuff with Amortis and, and things going down. But there's some big things coming on that. That's the big, important pages there to show you what's coming up in what even seems at the end where they're pushing that big event that they kind of gave you right. the teaser for that we'll get at the very yeah. end. This this page is why this book exists. Yeah. Everything else it. was written to allow this page to exist. So this anomaly is coming in and the idea of a timeline that wasn't destroyed that should be and it's trying to pirate itself back into the regular timeline which will cause problems, which is Kang's pissed off about, and goes with that. Now, I do like where, again, Deathlocks show up. But Deathlocks mm-hmm. only show now, up this, because they think this Kang's This pirate involved. timeline, we're told, is designated as 20208 Manticore Green. Are we supposed to – is that supposed to mean something or it was just random? I don't know. I, I spent some time trying to Google and figure out what that meant. I, I got nothing. Came up empty. So basically, it's funny. Like I said, Deathlocks show up and like, if there's an anomaly like this, it must be Kang. Let's go get him. You, you figure that this is just the Kang squad that goes. Kang's, again, and how it plays out with this is like, even if Kang is in the right, this is a challenge. He's going to beat the crap out of him and kill him. And he does. I mean, he, he rips through them and then says, I know what's going on here. And I'm going to show you what's really at play and why I am this greatest thing. He blows up his base. He completely destroys 
this base, which throws Petrov in, in a tizzy and says they were people going. I think now they weren't. They're nothing to me. They are servants that you don't understand. They're made to serve me. That was a great honor for them to die. All right. Plus, he said that he's he's already killed millions of people and millions of more people have died fighting for him. And he doesn't care about that. Because as long as there's more people around who know how great Kang is. Yeah, that that's, is, all that's all he needs. Matters. You know, the worst thing for Kang would be to be the last person alive where nobody can know how great he is and there's no challenges. But he ends up saying, I'm not your buddy. I, I, I don't know who you think I am. I'm Kang. Like, shut your nonsense. Shut your pie hole. This is what I do. I'm showing you what I do. I'm not a hero. Mm. If you think that there's some weird thing going on that, you know, you become my friend or that I'm here to help things, no. I'm doing what I do. You're here to observe. And, yeah, I'm going to really show you because I think it's Doom that has ended up doing this pirate timeline. And so they do go again. Pirate timeline 20208-manacord-green. I'm like, all right, let's go. It's awesome when they show up. I mean, you end up seeing just crazy things going on here. And they're like, all right, we're here at the end of the world or this one. And the world is supposed to decay, fall apart. Three dead celestials. And we have what what I thought originally was sword base, but it's not sword base. It's Kang's flagship Damocles base. Exactly. It's crazy. And so ends up there and saying, you know, and, and this is the best, too, because Kang being this great thing he's he's surprised there is a twist here where he goes down and he says okay we're going to go find doom it's going to be doom you're going to see i'm going to defeat him then i win you go back you're going to write your book and say i'm the greatest and they go in and there's King doom rules, doom rules that's the name of the book yeah really there but it's not doom it's not victor it's not. at least it is a doom it but is, it's not it is it, doom, it's read right. and it's crazy i mean this actually and this is where i said like i'm like Oh my god, this book's flying now because it's cool to see Reed with a time and reality right. stone. First we, we we turn the page and we, we see this Max Scherzer looking Doom bot with the two different colored eyes. Well I thought it was a Doom bot. It's not a Doom bot, it's a Doom with these crazy because eyes. Because he's connected, he's pretty much on what would be like a life support, maybe, or yeah, at it's least kinda look- like Star Wars Emperor looking thing. Yeah, it does. And he takes off the mask and it's Reed with these, you know, the reality and the time stone embedded as eyes. It's really cool Pretty he gross. is just floating there it is it's gross as hell but you end up where that's the twist there and they are gonna fight and so you get this deal where kang showed up as if he was going to be fighting doom and even at a point where reed wants to really talk smack he ends up just oh your weapons that you want to hear i'm gonna here they are you could because they're not gonna work with me because you thought you're gonna fight victor you thought you were fighting a regular doom and i'm way beyond this and I need this timeline to survive because if I don't, everything that happened on my world means mm-hmm. nothing. And I'm doing it for my family just to mean something, this timeline. Right. This is very much Secret Wars gone bad, right? Where yeah. you had these two timelines, only one can survive. And this is what happens when it did not go well. And he's the only creature still alive. He's completely insane. I mean, he is, but he has his motivation. Why he needs this to survive just because without it, I had no purpose. Nothing really mattered. So he's doing that. And Kang is, he's fighting him. He's trying. He's fighting, 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 but he's, he's getting the crap kicked out of him. He's, I mean, he's shattering weapons against Reed's head. All yeah, these Reed has going down. the power of Doom. He has the power of Reed Richards. He has the blood of Celestials. He, I mean, there's nobody left to oppose him. He, he no. has the, the, the reality stones. So he has all the power of this whole universe you know, yeah. concentrated inside himself. 
And again, like I said, Kang, probably his biggest fear would be to be the last person alive. What would he do? There's nobody. Pre- well, Reed is in this world. He's right. th- at the end. That's it. So in that, you're going like, okay, the setup is this timeline has to die. Like you're really imperiling everything just so Reed can say it was worth it. So Kang has to, you know, he is the hero here, but not really heroic, but he is trying his best. Reed's just talking crap, and you would. You have two of the stuff. Like he says, at mm-hmm. one point, the celestial blood he drank. He's got the power of doom. That's, that's that a lot stuff. of blood. Those are big critters. And so you have a point where Reed is completely choking out Kang. He is going yeah. to kill and here's him. Here's where we get the big twist that I thought was a little cheesy. <laughs> it made me laugh, we've, though. We've kind of seen this a lot of times before. Petrov comes oh. behind and runs him right. through with a spear. Well, the idea is that, that Kang taunts Reed. Reed into dropping all his superpowers. Yep. I don't know why Which Reed is would do odd. this. Nope. I don't know either, especially because by the end of this, you're there with your timeline that you want to have survived. Who cares what you do or what? But he does right. get tempted he, into this. He killed this. millions of people that make this timeline survive. But because because Kang said some mean schoolyard taunts, okay, I'm going to drop my powers. And then Petra behind him takes a spear and kills this amazing ultimate being with the power of a sharp stick through the chest. A sharp stick. It kills Which, him. Which, I like mean, Petra is stronger than he looks. I mean, he is wearing I mean, armor. Seriously. And he, I he know. takes his spear and he shoves it all the way through like he's making just It's the adrenaline. It's like those old ladies who pick up cabs and throw them. I think that happens, right? When you get the adrenaline. <laughs> I, I turn it I've seen it on TV, right? sure. I yeah, forgot. exactly. Must have been the news. Yeah, he runs it through. And the, the, here's what made me laugh. Like, you're right. It's so forced. It's cheesy. But I love the idea where Petrov basically is like, oh, you're going to kill me now. What did you do? You interfered. We were told all along, especially yep. back with the Wolf of Mammoth, set up with the don't mammoth. do anything. And so you have this speech of Kang is not a tag team. Yeah, no, no, he is not. You know, he's not the Rock and Roll Express here. So he's pissed. It's not the British Bulldogs. You end up with all this where you have him say, listen. If Doom Richards killed you, I'd be dead anyway, which is true. My timeline be at risk. You believe that to be the pinnacle of humanity, you must be greater than all the others. You must put yourself before all the others. I think that's wrong. I end up putting, you know, the deal I put myself before. And then you think Kang's going to kill him. And then he pretty much is like, come over here, you you little whippersnapper. <laughs> oh, you. I swear to God, he should rub his head. And now the best part of it, he <laughs> says, oh, my plan. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that's perfect. Because I don't think you get it was, but it's so funny to think that it wasn't. But that's all Kang ever says. Right. He says, you were just my weapon. I brought you here anyway. So it was really me who did this. It's my victory. So again, it's it's a funny play that if he did and say he went through this, whatever he tried, almost like the Ravana stuff where this is the one way to beat it, but it had to involve Reed lowering his pad, like so many weird things going on to make it work. But it did. Now, I love, too, that he leaves Petrov to go write his book then. And he's writing it now about Kang, whatever, but also has mm. the on his conscience. He's killed a man. <laughs> he's like, I've now killed a man. He is broken. And it just made me laugh by the end for some reason. He's killed not just a man. He's killed Reed Richards. Yeah, Reed Richards. You know? So in his, like, in his universe, Reed Richards is a hero. So. so is it the idea where, oh, this guy who has a PhD in villain, he ended up becoming his own. But he was a hero as well. But he ends up like, I don't know. 
I think Kang might be my buddy now. I'm like, eh, I, I also like yeah. that 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 Kang didn't just make him write a new book. He took his old notes and brought him back to Pompeii. Yeah, like yeah, he put him in Pompeii. <laughs> he wants to make a point. You, uh, you write this book again, you're going to Pompeii. Seriously, that is the greatest thing in my mind, though, that, like, that's, like, instead of burning him, like, the things that Kang could do mm-hmm. to get rid of things and stuff, they're pretty cool. That's my favorite part of this book, is is, is Kang's ego and the little funny things oh, yeah. he does to show. yeah. The show Petrov. I just yeah. love when he's like, you think this wasn't my plan? He's laughing. He's like, this was the reason I took you along. I like being challenged, but also I like to, it made me laugh so much. But then at the end, he's like, I'm worse. I killed him. <laughs> and he's drinking. I would love to think he never drank before he's hitting the bottle. He doesn't know what to <laughs> or, do. Or maybe he used to be a drinker, but that he's given it up for 20 years, but he kept this bottle just like the like the one cigarette you keep in a box to show you exactly. never smoke again. And he, his hands are shaking as he reaches for the bottle. He goes to it. Now, also, I want to see that the book is then released and it's a bomb. He ends up already being told that the Doom book was going to be the biggest <laughs> thing ever. Kang doesn't sell well wants in to middle America. Kang. Right? Nobody wants <laughs> Kang. Just like, the, just like the real world. Seriously, I would have loved if what we find out then is what he wrote was that miniseries we just did. And I'm like, ooh, that didn't work <laughs> out for you or me. Kang gets remaindered. Oh, my God. He ends up where he's like, with the pirate timeline destroyed and the main timeline stabilized, how much of what I have seen will come to pass? And so, yeah, what is going to come, that's kind of the idea of, yeah, if things change, we could just say that eh, you have wiggle room, as we always say with right. that. But he says, and why is this particular vision imprinted on my mind? And then you have a big deal with a symbol there in his book. And it does look like I, I, when I look at it, what do you think you see there? This symbol is is Miracle Man. That's the big thing. Yeah. Oh, Miracle Man. I didn't even see it. I'm looking more of like symbols. I actually was looking at it like it's one of those, you know, things you see in the mall and you're like, oh, a boat. Uh, I'm looking, I'm trying to like get my vision. You got you to cross your like, eyes just right. It's like one of those, oh, Miracle Man. Oh, yeah. But so it makes me wonder because Miracle Man has never been part of the Marvel Universe because it was, it started out as a British company and there's crazy, I mean, it's, he started off as a knockoff Captain Marvel, Shazam mm-hmm. style. He even yeah, said, I, I don't really have a connection he with even Miracle is, Man. He, so he would say cool. the word atomic backwards, Katoma, and then he would transform. It was, Straight out of very much a ripoff of Shazam. We had this all this legal wrangling where he was kind of owned. Everybody kept trying to get the ownership, but it turned out that it was really still owned by the first guy who made it way back when. But like two years ago, finally Marvel has free and clear ownership of this character. And this feels like are they going to do a doomsday clock kind of thing where they take this this Alan Moore set of characters and try to shove them into their continuity, or is it going to be is it going to be like like Conan where they, they have Conan's license now? So they throw Conan on the Avengers. Yeah, so this will be a big deal. And yeah, I, I now I get where people are saying Alan Moore's going to be pissed at the end. Oh, now yeah. I get it. Yeah, I, I had no idea. I didn't know anything about Miracle Man. So that's cool. So yeah, that, that's a, a crazy deal and kind of a, an interesting thing to see. Yeah, how it Alan plays Moore out. didn't create the character, but it's kind of like he took an old a character that everyone had forgotten about and reimagined it and made it a whole new thing and. And made it, you know, very big to to comic book geeks, and really influ- influenced a ton of writers. Yeah, I'm gonna have to check it out then. 
I've never read an American and Man. It's kind of I, funny because when Marvel reprinted the Alan Moore stuff, Alan Moore was pissed off. So he had his name taken off the book. Really? So the Marvel version doesn't say by Alan Moore. It says like by the original artist or by the original writer or something weird like that. Something weird, like a side so, deal, like by writer. And now I get it. Yeah, something. It's not even like Alan Smithy. It's even lamer. But that feels big then. I mean, at least trying to get that tied into everything. And so then at the end, you have that Judgment Day is coming and you end up having Avengers, X-Men and possibly the Eternals there with it or maybe something. Yeah, that's I don't what it know, is. But it's, it, it looks like it looks like Axe body spray to me. Yeah, yeah, it does to me, too. Or a real cool spaceship. But with that, almost <laughs> like a Cylon Raider, but bent, if anybody knows what that Falcon, means, yeah. right? Yeah, a little. So, yeah, we have all that going on. And what did you give this one? Uh, I gave it a 7.3, where the 7 was just because, yeah, it doesn't really need to exist. But the point three is for the little funny cane jokes. Okay, I'm at an 8. I actually think it was pretty cool. It got me kind of excited for some things. Yeah, it, it didn't need to be this long. That is that is a deal. It really didn't. Uh, the stuff with Kang, once you see that timeline stuff, you get fired up, and the fight with a Reed Richards, though it ends up in a cheesy way, I thought was cool. The first half, though, really didn't need to exist. I mean, you were really pushing the idea, and coming out of that Kang mini, I'm like, here we go. I guess each book is somebody's first whatnot. You have to spell out who Kang is, all of that, but did it do it in as an effective way that you needed that? You might have even been able to have just one box. Kang likes to conquer. And he likes a challenge. Boom, let's go. I don't think we're getting – I don't think this is setting up Kang at all. I think Kang no. is just a means to show us He was a features. vehicle because of exactly. timelines and things, and he's the time traveler. So, But that's what the weird thing is. Without him really being needed that much, it seems extraneous, some of the stuff setting him up and things like that. So with that, though – I'm looking forward, but what is your book of the week? Well, I think I have a tie with Spider-Man, but I'm going to pick Kang the Conqueror number oh five as my book of the week. gracious, mine's Just Spider-Man. to lean into it. Well, oh, my goodness. Mine's Amazing Spider-Man. Now, I hear also the applause. Wait a minute. I'm listening right now. I just heard the five fans of that, but they're applauding you now. <laughs> you and the five other people. There you go. That's shape. But it's, it's I'm like giving me you an amazing killing the Spider-Man. mammoth for all my fans. Exactly. You're doing it for all that. You're actually the Reed Richards doom who's <laughs> oh, trying no. to keep that timeline going. I'm <laughs> I'm actually Petrov. I'm running you through. I'm run- I don't need that. Don't even give any. Lansing and Kelly, stop it. Go away. There end up, I think the next thing that I know and I'm aware of them doing is over at uh, DC. They're going to be doing a bit of a Batman Beyond type story. So we'll see. This didn't okay. feel like, and I, I didn't mention that, they ended up doing a bunch of things at DC, but they were always the relief pitcher, me and Eric always said, because they came in and finished Grayson. They came mm-hmm. in at one point and finished Green Arrow. And they didn't, this felt different for them. This felt now, like... They're like doing they, Batman Beyond? I mean, I, I know yeah, there's a there's White Knight Batman coming Beyond Yeah, coming, that's but, a different thing. There's okay. a story. There's a Batman Beyond story coming in, uh, I think it's in like April or May. They said in the, in the spring okay. that they're going to be doing like a little thing. Uh, and we'll see how that is. They already did a, a little bit of a Batman teaser Beyond to it. In the, yeah, and the Urban Legends deal, you had a little bit of a peek on that. So we'll see how that goes. But. Yeah, I I, I kind of do like them, but in, in that Kang thing, I thought it was over-wordy and, and a slog. But you liked it. I said you and those five. But with that, 
We it, will go and oh, it so made cover me of the feel week. clever cover for of figuring it out. So I don't know. Yes, yeah, I'm telling you, you put the work in, so I, I can imagine that you would like it, and it made more sense to you because you did do that. Maybe saying everybody wait until it's all on like the Infinite app stuff like that, or Marvel Universe, and, and read it all together mm-hmm. might be a better deal. Because like you said, the the in between issues really ended up like you're not getting those connections as tight as, as you would like, but. With that, what's your cover of the week? Because I know what it is. I know your cover of the week because well, it's the same it's as once mine, again, right? I know. I've fallen into a rug no, here. No, no. You're going to end up Amazing mowing. Spider-Man. Yes, that's what mine is as well. I thought you were going to say that it was another cover that you were going to give. But yeah, that, that Art Adams cover for Spider-Man was really good. So we'll go with that. I mean, that. the Kane cover is pretty cool, too. But, uh, it is, too. Yeah, you, got that. you don't like the timeless one, Kang just in and- all the covers are okay, but with that, next week we have a bunch of books, obviously, and this is what we'll be talking about. Two of these books will be on our Patreon exclusive spotlight. We can kind of guess at what that would be, but we have Amazing Spider-Man number 84 going back to Cody Ziegler, and it looks like a, and I think that this is the continuation of the 80 Bay issue, it says. It has Doc Doc on the cover. We then have Captain America Iron Man number two of five. So we like that first one more than we thought. So that's cool. Black Widow number 13, a book that I swear to God, we should be on like issue 30 by now. That book got delayed at points. It throws me off. Shang-Chi number seven, Thor number 20, God of Hammers part two of five there. And then also we'll do the death of Doctor Strange, which came out this week, but we pushed over to next week's show so two of those will be on the patreon spotlight if you want to go and listen to that it's patreon.com slash weird science you can get all of the stuff there ton of podcasts and also go to our twitter at ws marvel comics follow us we'll follow you back and rate and review and subscribe anywhere you listen to podcasts but that's it thanks everybody for listening thanks jason for joining me once again for all of these books and we will all talk to you next week You are all weirdos. Weird science is the revolution. Weird science is the revolution. Weird science is the revolution.